uh, people are joining us who don't normally uh, come to church and it's one of the privileges of leading us uh, in a service like this and I want to welcome you if this is your first time of tuning into to church here uh, and uh, my name is Peter Undervicker and it's my privilege to lead us in this service this morning. I'm actually recording this service on Saturday morning uh, sitting in my study in the vicarage and as I look out from my window in the study I can see a, a tree an apple tree out in my back in our back garden that's in full blossom and uh, it seems as if everything is calm and peaceful uh, around and about me and yet of course we are about to enter the sixth week of lockdown and so I wonder how you are doing I wonder how you're doing today uh, we're all in different situations some of us uh, are with family some of us are on our own some uh, in a couple uh, everybody's in a different situation and we're all scattered of course uh, we're all in our own homes we're not not able to meet together at church and so I wonder how you are today and I just want to reassure you that that God is with us wherever we are uh, whether we're on our own or whether we're uh, with one or two other people around and about us uh, God is with us and he uh, is with us by his Holy Spirit he's very close to us and he wants us to sense his presence with us right now and so I'm going to lead us in a, an opening prayer so uh, let's uh, let's pray together I'll just pray a prayer Father, as we gather together this morning, we are in different places and uh, we're all feeling different things. Some of us are worried. Some of us may be feeling uh, quite down. Uh, some of us may be feeling on top of the world and, uh, and enjoying um, the sun and uh, just able to get out a little bit uh, each day. Lord, how we're feeling, we pray uh, that you'll be with us now. Uh, as we worship you, as we lift your name on high, that you would... Uh, be with us by your Holy Spirit, uh, and that we would know your presence with us as we join in worship with you this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A little bit later on in our service, John Language is going to be preaching. He's preaching on a passage from 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, it's a great passage. And I just want to read to you a verse uh, from that passage that John is preaching on. And this is verse 21. Peter the Apostle writes, Through him, that is Christ, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and your hope are in God. So let's join in together and sing our opening hymn. It's a lovely hymn. It speaks of uh, who God is and uh, that uh, we can love him and praise him because of the gift of love that he has given to us. And so we're going to, we're going to sing Love Divine or Love's Excelling.
Amen. Amen to that. Well, we've just been singing the praise of God and we've been declaring uh, that God's love is divine and his love is above all other loves. And it's wonderful to sing God's praise, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a real gift uh, that God has given to us to sing his praise. And yet as we come into his presence, we become more aware of our own faults and our own failings. And I don't know about you, but uh, that's certainly true of me in this lockdown time. Um, I'm more aware than ever of the fact that uh, I get things wrong, that uh, as I rub shoulders with uh, just a few people, uh, that's, uh, that's my family uh, who I'm here with, um, I'm more aware than ever of the fact that I do get things wrong and I say things wrong and uh, you know we're rubbing shoulders with, with these, these people, just, uh, just the, the people we're with. And, uh, and so I'm aware of the fact I need God to help me to live his way and to uh, glorify him uh, in my life. So uh, we're going to come before God in confession now. And we're going to ask him to help us to live his way, to live in a way that glorifies him, that honours him. And we're going to say a prayer confession. And uh, when I say the words, uh, Father, forgive us, please, would you respond? Save us and help us. So let's pray. God, our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us. Father, forgive us. Save us and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us. Save us and help us. God hears our prayer and he wants us to, to know that because of his death, uh, on the cross, the, the, the death of Jesus on the cross, he hears us and he forgives us. And he says to us, uh, my son, my daughter, start afresh, start anew today. Go in peace and, and go knowing that you have been forgiven. So that's what I want you to hear now, that uh, you've given that to, to the Lord now. And he says, start afresh, start anew. So we're going to hear the Bible reading now as uh, forgiven people of God. And uh, the reading this morning is brought to us by Jacqueline Hacking. And then uh, as, straight after that, we will have the sermon brought to us by John Langridge. The reading this morning is taken from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, just a, a note, please don't send the social, social isolating police around to Peter. I'm sure he is not rubbing shoulders with people. Um, uh, this is strange, isn't it? Uh, strange listening at home. Uh, I find it uh, quite difficult. I'm, I'm very pleased that Aidan's been able to set up all this technology. It's wonderful, but I still find it a bit difficult. Uh, those of you who are watching on, on uh, video will see that I'm actually dressed today, which uh, I think you're probably grateful for. Um, I, I often sit here in my pajamas joining in the service. Um, but it's, it's strange to be preaching in this way. I'm basically speaking to the wall. Uh, now, some of you may be sat in your pajamas or onesies, and that feels like a strange thing as well and i'm just glad i can't see you all however let's get on with uh, the verses uh, we just heard some wonderful verses from one peter that are chock full of amazing and rich spiritual truths every phrase of that reading deserves closer examination but we don't have time to do that this morning so we're just going to stand back if you like and try and take in the whole wonder of this passage and it's always important to set a passage in its context. What's the reason these words have been written? Where do they fit in the letter as a whole? Well, in this case, Peter is writing to encourage new Christians been scattered all around Asia Minor. And the main thrust of his message is that their faith should be evidenced in their daily lives in very practical ways. Be holy, he says, in every aspect of your lives. And this was a call for a dramatic change in lifestyle, behavior, values. If you think you've had to make big adjustments because of lockdown, well, you should try the adjustments you need to make to live holy lives. And uh, this was a whole life makeover, living in a dramatically different way, a countercultural uh, way. And so Peter wants to emphasize the reasons why they should be making this big change. You know, when uh, you have young children growing up and you ask them to do something and they say, well, why should I? So this is Peter's response to the why should I? And he wants to emphasize the reasons why they should be making the change. And these reasons are explained in the few verses that we're looking at this morning. 
Here, in a nutshell, is the good news at the heart of our faith. The reasons which Peter highlights here concern the amazing thing that God has done for us. And if there's one word which sums up the, the whole passage, the whole reading is the word redeem. Peter says you have been redeemed. And because of this, you should go on and live holy lives. In the culture of Peter's time, they would be very familiar with this word redeem. Slaves could be redeemed. And that is released from slavery, set free by the payment of a price. The dictionary defines redemption as to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. Now that's not likely to be slaves in these days, but uh, we might think of redeeming something we've left in a pawn shop. Do you still have pawn shops? But you know, you, you leave an article there, they give you a loan and you go back and you pay them some money and your article is set free for you to use again. You get it back. If it's a person who's being bought back, we often use the word ransom. And that's a word that the Bible uses as well for this whole principle of redeem. Peter says, it's all about you being redeemed. A price has been paid to buy you back, to rescue you, to ransom you. Well, you might ask some questions about that. You might say, well, redeemed from what? Redeemed how? Redeemed for what? Well, uh, those are three questions that we might ask. And, well, they're happily answered in this passage. And fortunately for people who preach, there are three of them. That's nice, isn't it? Redeemed from what? Well, Peter says it's from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. He says all the traditions and religious ritual that your society holds on to, they're worthless. One writer describes it, he says, you have a lifestyle which is without purpose, unfruitful and useless. Their elaborate systems of offering sacrifices to a whole range of gods, their sometimes bizarre temple worship, which is more like an orgy than an act of devotion. He says it all useless. Now, of course, um, that was then and this is now and we don't have those practices these days. Well, I say that, but of course, I have no idea what goes on behind closed doors and I don't want to even think about that now. But I would suggest that though life and society and the traditions that we hold dear are quite different now to Peter's time, we still have our gods. We have our idols, the things that we give high priority, we think are important, that become central to our lives. We think that they sustain us and help us get through life. All sorts of things. Materialism, the acquisition of money and ever more luxurious goods. That's a God for many people. The must have it. Have it now. Keep up with the Joneses. Do better than the Joneses. Remember following a car with a bumper sticker on the back saying, uh, you've just caught up with the Smiths. The Joneses are still miles ahead. But for a lot of people, uh, money and things are the, the center, the focus of their life. Physical appearance is an idol for some. Fortunes are spent on clothes, 
and cosmetics, even surgery. About £3.6 billion is spent annually on cosmetic surgery in the UK, with most of that being spent on treat beauty treatments like Botox. Mm. Now, as you can see, if you're watching on video, I have not invested in such cosmetic enhancement. Mm. People say that I have the face for radio. Well, there are other idols too. Sport, we talk about uh, their football team being their fans' religion. And judging by the amount of uh, time and uh, money and energy and emotional energy as well spent on their teams, it is a religion for them. There are people who follow the celebrity culture, desperate to know what's going on every moment of their favorite celebrity's life and wanting to dress exactly like them. For some, it's sex. For some, it's uh, dangerous, uh, dangerous sports, anything which induces an adrenaline rush. There are all sorts of things which people make central to their lives. These things are gods, but these things are empty. Whatever pleasure they bring, it's temporary and ultimately pointless. I speak as a Shrewsbury Town fan. I know what I'm talking about. But the current lockdown has perhaps helped many people to reassess what's really important. With all the usual props and distractions of life taken away, we're suddenly confronted with what's left. And sometimes it, it doesn't seem to be much. When we start to ask the question, how do all these things I've spent so much time and effort and money on help me to face the reality of the current pandemic? The answer is, in truth, they don't. When confronted by questions of life and death, the questions of the meaning and purpose of life, all these things have nothing to offer. They're empty. There's a famous quote from Blaise Pascal, which sums this up, and I'm sure you've heard it. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Without God in our lives, there is a vacuum, an emptiness. Much of what we valued as necessary and important, proved to be of no help at all in facing the big questions of life with which this pandemic has confronted us. So redeemed from an emptiness and the futility of life. But redeemed how? Well, normally redemption takes place by money changing hands. You pay the price, the object or person is set free. But Peter writes that this redemption hasn't been brought about by money. There's not enough silver or gold in the world to uh, account for the redemption that's taken place. Money just won't cut it. The Jews, of course, in his time had been used to a system where uh, an animal, usually cattle or sheep, was sacrificed to acknowledge and to some extent pay for the sins of the people, to redeem them, if you like. 
They knew they'd failed to follow God's instructions and in many different ways. Breaking the rules has consequences and all those wrongdoings had to be dealt with. And these sacrifices were a way of saying sorry and relieving them of their guilt. But it was a poor system. It's very unsatisfactory. It had to be regularly repeated. And you have to ask, could the blood of a lamb really pay for the sins of a man? And Peter says, now a different sacrifice has been made to redeem you. Not the blood of an animal, but the blood of a person. Jesus gave his life on the cross, his blood shed to pay the price for our failures, our wrongdoings, yours and mine. And, and this is startling. This is amazing. There are many accounts of people doing heroic things and losing their lives in the service of others. But this was extraordinary. Jesus, the son of God, perfect in every way, giving his life for me and you. Don't get me wrong here. But were we worth it? Paul writing to the Romans puts it like this. He said, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. It's amazing. While we were rebellious, we turned away. We were obstinately disobedient. God shows his love by Jesus dying on the cross. There's a song by Graham Kendrick. Uh, it's on an early album. It goes back to 1974. And yes, I was around. Don't say no. You're surely too young to be around in 1974. It was an album called Paid on the Nail. And the song asked the question, what are we worth? Is a rich man worth more than a poor man? Is a stranger worth less than a friend? Is a president worth more than his assassin? Does your value decrease or increase depending on what you do? And then it says, you're just one in a billion on this planet. Do you really matter? Surely you're just insignificant. And then the song goes on to say, your life has been valued and a price has been paid. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, he paid what he thought you were worth. I find that very humbling, very powerful. He paid what he thought I was worth. What an extraordinary expression of committed love. Paul marvels about this right into the Galatians and he speaks of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He paid what he thought you were worth. 
redeemed from an empty way of life, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. But redeemed for what? As Peter began his letter, he reminded the Christians that uh, reminded Christians that they'd had new birth into a living hope, an inheritance that can never spoil or fade, waiting for us in heaven. And those thoughts are reflected here in in different words. Peter speaks of us having faith and hope in God. And towards the end of the verses we read, it says we are born of imperishable seed. We used to the idea we plant a seed, the, the plant grows and then at the end of the season it dies away. He says this is imperishable seed. It brings a life that will not perish. It brings eternal life. And as we respond to all that Jesus has done for us by his death and resurrection, we invite God into our lives. The empty space is filled as it only can be by God himself. With God in our lives, we have his help in the present. Life now has purpose and meaning. His presence brings us peace and strength. But more importantly, we have hope for the future. A sure and certain confidence that one day we will share our lives with him forever, enjoying the glories of heaven. Now, I know that many of you who are listening this morning have heard all this before, but I make no apology for reminding you of something you already know. These are the fundamental truths of our faith. And every time we reflect on them, they sink deeper into our hearts and are, in a richer way refresh anew our spirits. And in these days of lockdown, when there's there's so much fear and uncertainty about the future. Let these verses remind us again that our faith and hope rest in God. He makes his presence known to us, bringing us peace, reassuring us of his love and dealing with our fears. He alone holds our future in his hands and there's no safer place for it to be. But some of you listening may not personally know this peace of God and hope for the future. Perhaps God has never figured much in your thinking and you've not considered your faith as being important. But maybe the current crisis is leading you to think again about a lot of things, to review your priorities and what's really important in life. And can I invite you to take some time to consider and respond to this great news that God loves you and has made an extraordinary sacrifice for you. Remember those words of Paul from Galatians, the, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just put your own name in there. The son of God who loved John and gave himself for John. The son of God who loved Matthew and gave himself for Matthew. The son of God who loved Sarah and gave himself for Sarah. He gave himself on the cross so that you might be free. Free to enter into a relationship with him and enjoy all the wonderful benefits and privileges of being one of his children. 
his presence with you, his peace and his joy, and most of all, hope for the future, eternal life. I pray that you will come to understand God's amazing love for you and receive him into your life. In these strange and extraordinary times, may we all experience the calming of the Spirit's presence, the joy of the Saviour's strength working in us, and the fullness of the Father's love. Amen. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for that. Well, I come back to the question that I asked at the start. How are you? I wonder how you're doing as you ponder uh, what John's been saying to us, as you think about the words of the Apostle Peter uh, in that letter. Our faith and our hope are in God. So I wonder how you are this morning. I wonder... Uh, how you respond to that. And there's all sorts of responses, all sorts of reactions we could have to those words. And here's just one or two uh, of many. Uh, maybe this morning you're full of joy. Uh, there's a lightness in your spirit as you are reminded or perhaps here for the first time that God uh, loves us so much that he was willing to die for us, that he laid down his life on the cross for us, uh, that we are worth that much to him. He was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice for us. And so maybe that fills you with joy and peace uh, and a lightness in your spirit. And that's wonderful. Uh, maybe you're uh, full uh, of questions and you're wondering where God is in this time of crisis. Uh, you're wondering where he is uh, in this time of lockdown and isolation and anxiety. And you're wondering how a God of love could uh, could be in a time, could work through this time uh, and be a God of love. And so maybe you're full of questions. Well, there's just two responses of many. But I just want to encourage you as we uh, hear the, our next song, as we sing our next song, to bring yourself to God as you are, to lay aside perhaps those masks that we wear and to come to him as we are. We're going to... Uh, sing a song by Matt Roman. It's called When the Music Fades. It's a wonderful song. And it talks about when all is stripped away, I simply come into the presence of God as I really am. So let's join in with this song. Let's uh, sing this song if we know it or just listen to it. Uh, but as we do that, let's uh, remember that God's presence is with us uh, intimately by his Holy Spirit. When the music fades all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the 
way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the. It's all about you, Jesus. King of endless words, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor. Every single breath, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, 'cause it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. Yeah, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. All about you. I'll bring you.
we're going to spend some time in prayer now and uh, we're going to lift the needs of the world to God who uh, loves us so much that he died for us. Uh, in our prayers, when I say, Lord, hear us, please would you respond, Lord, graciously hear us. And I'll also leave some space, some pause between the prayers for you to lift uh, your own prayers to the Lord as well. So uh, let's pray. Let's pray to God who invites us to dwell in safety. Lord, we pray for all who are affected by the coronavirus through illness or isolation or anxiety. We pray that they may find reassurance and recovery. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. We pray for those who are guiding our nation at this time, for Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, as he recovers from the virus, and all his cabinet. We ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, will enable them to make wise decisions and to lead us with wisdom and great understanding. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father, we pray for doctors, nurses, ancillary staff and medical researchers in hospitals and universities throughout this land. And we also pray for those who work in care homes and nursing homes as well throughout this, this land and throughout the world. We pray that they will have the energy to offer care and comfort to the many people who are suffering at this time. That through their skill and insights and effort, many will be restored to health. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Lord Jesus, we lift to you the vulnerable and the fearful, the gravely ill and the dying, that they may know your comfort and peace at this time. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father, we long for you to bring healing to the nations. And with the psalmist we cry out, How long, O Lord? Pour out your Spirit, so that men and women and children will turn to you in these troubled times and put their faith and their hope and their trust in you. God our Father, we give you ourselves and all for whom we pray. We give ourselves into your safekeeping, your mercy and your protection. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to have our final song now. Uh, it's a song by uh, Chris Tomlin. He's one of my favourite uh, Christian songwriters. And he wrote a, a, a song called Sovereign a few years ago. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it talks about uh, God who is sovereign over everything, over all nations, all people, all creation. He is sovereign over everything and he holds everything in his hands. He holds all our cares and all our fears in his hands. 
So uh, we're going to uh, have this song. Uh, do join in with it or, or listen to it. And uh, let's uh, celebrate the sovereignty of God.
Well, we've almost reached the end of our online service this week. Uh, it's been been great to be with you, and uh, I do hope you've uh, uh, been able to join in and to worship God with us this morning. In a moment, I'm going to say a final prayer of blessing. But before that, um, I'd like to say that if you are listening for the first time this morning, you've tuned in for the first time this morning, uh, you are especially welcome. We will be here at the same time next Sunday. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you by email. I'd especially like to hear from you if uh, you have joined us and um, you would like to uh, let me know how it is you came to join us and how we can help you on your spiritual journey from this point onwards. Uh, just drop me an email. Uh, my email address is vicar at basinhillchurch.org and I will respond to you. But now a final prayer of blessing. As we finish our time together, remember this. You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So live lives of reverence and awe. Trust in God. Love one another deeply and with all your hearts. For you have been born again through the living and enduring word of God. So live in that assurance. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, be with you and with all those whom you love, now and always. Amen.